Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message. Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamone. that I want to continue today, and it's appropriate as this is a Baby Dedication Sunday, but also the holiday season. It's so important that we learn what the kingdom of God has to say about family, and so we've been in a series called The Family, so I want to encourage you to take notes. I want to encourage you to listen to these messages uh, online. There, We have our, our church app that has all the messages on there. You can also go on Spotify and the different things to make sure that you're getting this message in you because I'll tell you this in this day and age we are losing the understanding of what the family is supposed to be and uh, the culture is trying to define to us what family is and we can go along with that if you want to but I know that God who designed us who made us who created us his plan is better than the culture's plan can I get an amen amen And as a citizen of the kingdom, I want to know what are the expectations and what is in the heart of God. Okay, and so we need to understand that now that we are Christians, Christianity doesn't just mean, oh, you prayed a prayer and you gave your life to Jesus in a a verbal commitment. It means so much more than that. It means, number one, and we've talked about that before, that it means you've been adopted into the family of God. And with that adoption, you've come into agreement and you've said, God, uh, I'm no longer in charge of my life. You are the Lord of my life. And what that term Lord means there, it's similar to if anybody here has a landlord, uh, you're living in that person's house. Can I get an amen? It's their house and there are certain rules for that house. And that's why they're referred to as a landlord. You don't just get to do whatever you want to do in their house. If you live like that, you could get kicked out of that house. Amen. That's a word for somebody. Amen. Praise God. So, so, so as we call Jesus Lord, it's important to understand what that means. When you say, Jesus, I'm going to serve you, come into my life, I repent of my old ways. What you're saying is, God, I'm not in control no more. I want you to be in control. And that's why everybody that says they're a Christian is not a Christian. That's why Jesus said there'll be weed and tares. Because there'll be some people that look like a Christian Uh, but they're not Christians and they'll be raised up in the same fields and barns as the real thing because it all comes down to this. Who is Lord of your life? So when Jesus is Lord of your life, you submit your ways to his ways. Now I got to lay this foundation before I go any further because some of us just think, well, going, I'm a Christian. I go to church. No, you must learn. Come on, somebody, in the, in the words of KRS-One from Boogie Down Productions. 
Google it, youngsters. Google it, okay? You must learn. What must we learn? We must learn the ways of the kingdom. We must learn how God's family functions. And so when I say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life, what I'm saying is, I'm going to put aside all the things that I know, and I'm going to learn, God, your word and how you want things to be. Now, this is why when Jesus came and before he left the earth, he charged 12 apostles, okay? They weren't pastors. They weren't prophets. They weren't evangelists and they weren't teachers. He literally used the term apostle. Now, we know that term apostle to be a term that is associated with church and religion. But that word in its, in its original meaning was not a church word. It actually was a military term that came from Rome. You see, when Rome was conquering the earth and they were conquering kingdoms, they would go into regions that they conquered like Egypt. And when they would take over Egypt, they would then send in, listen, they would send in what were called apostles. And apostles would go and they would tell everybody, now, guys, you are under the rule of Rome now. You had laws that were under Egypt or whatever nation. And you may have done it this way, but now you answer to the Roman emperor. And that's when the, the apostle would go into a region and his job was to teach the citizens the new laws of the kingdom that was ruling over them. And so when Jesus charged 12 apostles, it was, it was on purpose. It wasn't, it wasn't a religious thing. He was thinking in terms of, okay, guys, you need to take this gospel. And as people come into the kingdom, it's your job to tell them how they're to live in the kingdom of God. Are you catching this today? So you've got to catch this because in America today, people like to say a prayer and keep living the way they've been living. And just keep going, well, God forgives me. And so their life every week is living how they want to live, coming to church to get forgiveness and cleansed, and then starting over again. And here's what happens. You never get to experience the kingdom blessings. You never get to experience what it means to be a true son and daughter of God. And that kind of Christianity is lame. I'm going to say it. It's lame. Man, there's no wonder people leave church and go back to the world. Because if that's how you're going to serve him, it ain't going to work. That's why a lot of marriages in the church are just as jacked up as marriages that aren't in the church. Because we won't submit to a new way. Are you tracking with me today? So as we're talking about family, you've got to understand that what we're talking about here is you got to learn a new way. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, you got to learn a new way. Now, here's the thing about a new way. A new way really ain't new. It's just new to you. It's just new to you. Now, some of you have, that have been blessed to have been brought up by godly parents Man, I'm telling you right now, you owe them a debt of gratitude. And you better take care of them when they get old. And you better be happy about it. Because it's such a blessing. 
to have godly parents. Now, some of you didn't have that, but you're going to be the first. You're going to be the first one that doesn't have to pick up Mijo at the courthouse for his court date. Yeah, I got real quiet in here. I know that's an open wound for some of us. Ooh, I've had to do that before. Listen, no judgment, no judgment, but let's, let's fix that. Let's fix that. Let's, let's make it so our kids never have to share the holidays. Again, no judgment if that's where you're at right now, but man, let's fix that. Can I get an amen? amen. Let's fix that and let's maybe have it so that may be where you're at, but your kids don't ever have to experience that. Let's stop perpetuating the same mistakes because we refuse to sit under an apostolic anointing and learn a new way. Are you tracking this today? So when you're here today, man, I pray you take some notes. I pray you're just not listening and going, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, I pray that you would take some, take some time and check yourself before you wreck yourself. In the words of Ice Cube, oh, don't get me started today. I'm preaching, preaching 80s and 90s rappers to you. Okay. So let's, let's, let's preach the word of God. So we started last week or a couple weeks ago, we started about the foundations of the family and understanding what that's about. And you have, if family is a table standing on four legs, you need these four legs to have a strong family. And the first one we talked about is commitment. We talked about that. Go, go back and listen to that message because when you understand commitment, young ladies and single moms and single ladies, you would see why God says do not give yourself intimately to somebody that hasn't put a ring on it. Because when you do that, you're destined for hurt. You're destined for pain. And you're building on a false foundation because intimacy is to be rewarded, okay? Uh, I'm sorry, commitment is to be rewarded with intimacy. You don't give rewards to people that have done nothing for it. Somebody needs to hear that again. I said you don't give rewards for people to people that have done nothing for it. And your intimacy, your love, come on, should be a reward for somebody making a commitment to stick by you, to be there for you. To love you in sickness and in health. To love you when you're skinny and when you're thick. Come on. How many need that commitment? I need that commitment. But see, today, it's if you, I just feel like, if somebody tells you they love you, today that's good enough and it's not good enough. There needs to be commitment. And so we have people trying to start families with somebody that is not committed to them. And we wonder why the table falls over. There must be commitment. Fathers must commit to their wives. Wives must commit to their husbands. And parents must commit to their children. That we're going to work it out so that you have a mom and dad in your home your whole life. We're committed to working through our mess. we got people that won't go to counseling, but will go talk to a divorce lawyer. We got people that will listen to a divorce lawyer, but won't listen to a counselor. Oh yeah, you went to the counselor, you just didn't do nothing they said to do. And so, and so I'm, I'm telling you, we've got to be committed. You've got to be committed to everybody in that house. 
Are you, are you tracking with me today? So don't build a family without commitment. It ain't going to stand. Number two, we talked about the importance of honor in the house and that you can't build a strong family without honor. And we live in a culture today that doesn't know what honor is. We live in a culture today where kids hit their teachers, cuss out their teachers. We live in a, in a, in a culture today where you could go to any supermarket. I ain't picking on Walmart no more. Y'all can relax. But you can go to any supermarket. Yeah, I might even say Trader Joe's. And you can find a kid talking bad to his mom in the grocery cart. You can find kids everywhere. They don't honor their parents. They don't honor their parents. They talk. Kids nowadays will yell at their parents, yell at their moms. And I, I, I joke with Trader Joe's, but I've seen it in Trader Joe. I want this. I, I want this. Oh, no, you can't have it. I want it. Come on, you've seen it too. You've seen it too. There's no honor in our society. Nobody honors the president anymore. Nobody honors the governor no more. Nobody honors police anymore. And a lot of people, not at this church, don't honor pastors no more. Not at this church, though. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Not at this church. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Come on. Help me live in that fallacy a little longer. Amen. Amen. But honor is important. And honor is needed in the home. Honor doesn't start with the kids. It ends with the kids. When your kids aren't honoring you, it's because you haven't been honorable. There are ways that wives should not speak to their husbands. I'm not saying you got to bow down to them and, and kiss the ring and get their slippers and all that, because that ain't never going to happen, right, ladies? That ain't never going to happen. So, so let's just get that out the way. But, but... But there still should be a way that you speak to your husband in front of your kids. And when the kids aren't around, there still should be a way, husbands, that you speak to your wives in front of your kids and when the kids are not around. There should be a way you speak about your wife when you're out with your friends. We don't call them the old ball and chain. Oh, come on, got real quiet in here. Somebody needs to repent at the altar. The altars are open right now. Because honor is an inward thing. It's not just about what you're caught doing. It's about what you're doing, period. The way you speak about your wife is important. The way you speak about your husband's important. I know they make dumb mistakes. I know he doesn't put the glasses back where the glasses go. And you've told him 20 times. That's not where the glasses go. That's where the plates go. But he keeps putting glasses there. Sorry, I'm just having a Vietnam flashback real quick. <laughs> Come on, you've had those conversations in your household too. Right? That doesn't mean we don't honor. And if our kids are going to learn honor, we've got to learn honor, which means this. You don't go home from work and cut up your boss at the dinner table. Talk about your boss in front of your kids. My boss is so stupid. I hate working for him. And you wonder why your kids have that same problem at their school. And now somebody that went into teaching because they want to help kids and they love kids now has to put up with your little junior 
who won't be quiet in class and won't listen because somebody in the house did not teach honor. Honor's important, y'all. Honor, uh, we, we shared about that. You go back to listen to those things. Honor is the difference between your kid having a good life and a bad life. And right now what is happening in America is we don't honor we don't teach honor. We don't model honor. And that's why we've got to get back uh, to the word of God and build this thing right. Amen. We've got to learn honor. Amen. So those two, those are the first two legs. Let's get into the third thing today. The third thing that you need to raise a strong family is you need wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding. Let's look at what Proverbs chapter 24, verse 1 through 3 says. I'm going to read it to you in the King James Version. It says this, do not be envious of evil men. Now, you need to highlight that somewhere. You need to put that somewhere on your phone so that every time you're looking at your Instagram or your TikTok or whatever it is that you get your news nowadays or you get your doctrine nowadays, you need to be reminded that I am not to be envious of people that are not serving God. Don't believe the hype. There is no better life than a life with the, the peace of God and, and, and having right standing with the son of God and eternal life. There's no better life. There's no better life. Let's keep reading. It says this. Don't desire to be with them. Somebody needs to highlight that in their Bible because you're all Christians, but you just you looking over the fence every. Oh, what's so and so doing? I wonder what they're going tonight. Wish I could go to that concert. Wish, you know, stop. Tell your neighbor right now, stop. And tell them with a little attitude too. Tell them. So it says, don't be envious of evil men, nor desire to be with them. For their heart devises violence. And their lips talk of troublemaking. Through wisdom, listen, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. My brother and sister, if we're going to build strong, ho- uh, strong houses, strong families, we've got to obtain godly wisdom and godly understanding. We've got to. In America today, it takes more work to get a driver's license than a marriage license. If you want to drive a car, they'll give you a little booklet. And they'll say, study this booklet. And what do you do? You don't study it. You think, I got this. You go in, you take the test without studying. Don't raise your hand, but you know some of y'all have done it. And you flunked. You had to go back. Dang, I missed it by two or whatever it is. But see, in America, to get a driver's license, you've got to get a little bit of understanding. But did you know to get a marriage license, they just be handing those things out. And we wonder why marriages are in the condition they're in. We wonder why the divorce rate is so stinking high. We wonder why families are breaking up and children are being raised in two homes and all these things. And praise God for you guys that are able to do that. I just want to take a moment and I want to honor our divorced folks that are raising kids. As I talk about this, I do not want you to feel shame in in any way, shape or form. Can we just honor them today? Let's give a good hand clap to them. Because it's hard to do. 
It's hard to do. And again, as I'm talking about this, please don't let shame come over you. We honor you for doing this and doing it in a godly way and and walking through that. But you know better than anybody how hard and how difficult it is. So we got to look at that and go, man, I want better for my kids. Or we've got to say this, man, I never want to go through that again. And so in order to do that, we've got to gain wisdom and understanding. Okay, look at uh, Proverbs 24, verse three there. That last part, uh, I'm going to read this to you in the Passion Translation. It says this, wise people are builders. They build families, business, communities, and through intelligence and insight, their enterprises are established and endure. Y'all see that? That's Passion Translation. Wise people are builders. Builders of what? Well, we're talking about families. Don't wing it. Don't. Well, we'll figure it out as we go. No, let's get some wisdom. Let's get some understanding. Let's listen to messages like this. Let's read some books. Let's ask some questions. Let's have lunch with one of the couples in the church that is successful at raising kids because their kids ain't crazy. Come on, somebody. Say, hey, we need to go to lunch. I see your kids. None of them have have a criminal record. Talk to me about that. I see your kids. All three of them went to universities. Talk to me about that. That's getting wisdom and understanding. But see, the culture will tell you right now, the culture puts people in categories which, uh, which causes us to have pride. And pride will cause you to not ask for help. Not ask for help. Listen, raising kids is tough especially when you come from a home like some of us came from. But yet, we just, I'll figure it out. No, look at what the scriptures say. Wise people are builders and they build through intelligence, insight, and their enterprises are established and they endure. Why? Because they put some thought into it. Oh, come on, somebody, you need to catch this today. If you're gonna build a family single people, You need to put some thought into it. Does he have a job? Does that job provide for him enough where he takes care of himself? Because why would I marry somebody who cannot take care of themselves to come help take care of me? See, intelligence, thinking it through. But you know what we do? We, we follow the world's pattern and the world says things like this. Well, we just fell in love. Yeah, that, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good description. In other words, you didn't think about it. You just fell in the arms of another fool. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear this today. Come on, smile at me. I feel a brick spirit in the back. We, we just, we just kind of let life happen. And, you know, that's, that's the way the world works. Like, you know, they, they don't think about, well, we just fell in love. No, think about it. Think about this person that you're going to be with. Come on, fellas, use your brain. Use your brain. Don't let your eyes just lead you. Well, she looks good, but she's dumb as rocks. It goes both ways. It goes both ways. 
if we're going to build strong families, we got to put some thought into it. Ladies, when you're, when, you're, when you're looking at somebody that is a possible suitor, you've got to think about the kind of person you want to marry, not just the person that's in front of you. Come on, fellas. Sometimes fellas will go with the first one that likes them. Why'd you marry her? Oh, well, she liked me. Ain't nobody ever liked me before, so I'm, this must be the one, Lord. Now, put some thought into it. You know, when I got married, our our dates were like interrogation sessions. I feel so bad for my wife. But she did the same thing to me, but it was like, so what you think about this? So what you think about that? I mean, we're drilling each other. So if God called us to go around the world, would you be okay with that? I'd be okay with that. Okay, check. All right. You know, we had conversations. We had conversations about stuff. Because that's how you build when you're wise. Can I get an amen? Now, parents, you need to learn this, too, because you got to be able to sit down with little Johnny when he comes home with some girl that he's in love with. And you got to play the role and say, Johnny, come on over here real quick. Johnny, uh, what's this girl's deal? Well, she knows she she loves me. Well, okay, but uh, has she graduated high school? No. She don't believe in school. (laughs) Oh, I can't make this stuff up. I can't make this stuff up. You know, it's true. And so, so sometimes parents just kind of, listen, sometimes parents, because they have no wisdom and understanding, they just amen everything their kids throw their way. And that is not your job. Your job is to know the things that I'm teaching you right now and bring them into your home and have those conversations. Now, there's no guarantee that your grown kids are going to go, you're right, dad. But at least you did your job. At least you did your job. Amen? Are you getting something out of this? So wise people are builders. So here's the other thing you got to understand. Not only should you think about the person that you want to start a family with and ask questions and educate yourself. I know this is very elementary, but somebody needs to hear this because you didn't do it this way. You also need to plan to have children. What does that mean? That means this. Children don't just come. Oh my gosh, we're having a baby. No, you know what you do? You plan it. You plan it. Y'all just looking at me today like, Pastor, where are you going with this? Listen, listen, no judgment, but this is the way the world does it. That's the way the world does it. And when the baby comes, it's a surprise. It's like, oh my gosh, what we got? No, no, you know, when we had our first baby, when we got married, we said, baby, we're going to do two years. No kids for two years. Because Tina wanted babies right away. <laughs> she's like, well, what, what, that's why I'm getting married. We're going to have babies. I said, baby, we got we to get this right first. So two years. I said, we need two years because that gives me time. Because she also, when we met, she said, listen, it's one of my dreams is to be a stay-at-home mom. See, we planned it. I didn't have to sign off on that. I could have said, oh, really, that's your dream? I ain't the one. Uh, it's been nice <laughs> meeting you, but I don't want that burden. You need to find somebody rich. How many know it's tough to live on one income, especially in California? My God. So she put that out. She said, hey, if we're going to have kids, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. So I had to take that to prayer. I said, okay, God, can we do this? God says, man, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. 
I said, all right, we're going we're to do that. But, but I need two years to get ready. Because if this baby just shows up, we ain't got the money. We're living in an apartment still. So you got to plan these things. This is what wisdom and understanding is. And so for two years, we took precautions. That's all I'm going to say about that. That's a word for somebody because some people just having babies like they rich. It's like, oh my gosh, what? Another one. No, plan those things. Plan it. Come on, please. I, I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings here. And this is no judgment, but we've got to think about these things because that's how you become successful. And so by the time uh, it was time to have a little surge, we was ready. We was ready. And I was, I was a little cocky at the time, too. Tina says, well, it's been two years. I said, it has, hasn't it? You ready? And God blessed us. And here's what happened. So by that time, we had time to get into a house. We had time to learn how to live on one income. What we did that last year, I said, baby, if we're going to have a baby by this time next year, you keep working, but we need to put all that money away. We're not using that to live on. And we're going to save. See, we're planning. And so when my son came, we weren't all stressed out. We weren't living with my in-laws. All in one room. Please, please, I'm not, I'm not passing judgment. Please, hear my heart. I mean, some of you had to go that route, and I understand it. I, I get it, and, and kudos to you, but we've got to learn another way. Yeah, and so we were prepared to take on the burdens of that through planning. But when you don't plan, when you don't seek out wisdom and understanding, now we're shuffling around. Now we got to move in with this person and we're super stressed. Now you're trying to raise a kid and there's stress in the house. And baby boy or baby girl is being raised all stressed out. They already got PTSD through all the yelling by the time they're four. Because nobody planned their arrival. So when Selena came along, I was like, Tina was like, man, I'm ready to have another one. I said, baby, it's only been a month. You just got home from the hospital. Come on now. It wasn't that soon, but it was soon after I said, you know what? I think another two years, that way we get to bond with Sergio. We get to be there with him and you guys get to have that time. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Let's give him that time. And so we planned another one. And we thought, what's it going to be like having two? We planned that one. Now, just so that you understand, sometimes God will have his way in your plans. That's where Diego came in. <laughs> I got to say that so y'all don't get the, I don't want to give you the perception that we're perfect. We're not. When it was time for Diego, we were playing with the idea. Should we do it? Should we not? Well, you, you don't play. Amen. And with that thing. Because the next thing you know, he was on his way. But that I blame on God. I blame that one on God. Here's, here's the wisdom in that. 
when he, when, when we were pregnant with, uh, when she was pregnant with Diego, it was in that time that God was speaking to us about coming to California where we would be for two years without insurance. And so God said, I believe God said, you know what? You guys are going to have another baby. We need to do it now while you have this insurance here in Florida, while you have this good deal. And so Diego came before we made our transition. I give that one to God. I give all the glory to God. I couldn't plan that one. God did that one. And, and we're so happy that our ways are submitted to him. But my point is this, guys, seek out wisdom. Seek out understanding. Don't just wander through. Don't just fall in love. Ask yourself this. Are you ready to get married? If this dude showed up that you've been crying out to God for, are you ready to walk down the aisle? If you're not, then don't do it because you plan to do it. There was a season if Tina would have came, I wasn't ready for her. And it wouldn't have fit in the plan. Are you tracking with me? Let me, give you another, let me give you another scripture here. Proverbs 19, 21. I didn't send this to you guys in the back, but it says this. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Yeah. I, always, I always look at that one when it comes to our third son because we're so blessed to have him. We wanted a third child, but God said, well, now's the time. Doesn't matter if you're taking precautions. He's coming now. In my cocky self, I always say, you know, never mind. I'm just going to keep going on that one. <laughs> I stopped myself right there. But understand this. I want you to write this down as we're talking about wisdom and understanding, building strong families. Number one, you got to have a plan. Got to have a plan. Number two, you got to accumulate resources. Everybody wants a better marriage, but don't know how to get there. Better marriages don't just happen. Nothing left by itself improves. Did y'all realize that? Nothing does. You want a nice backyard? You got to do something. Because if you just leave it alone, you're going to have what some of you have right now. <laughs> Jungles. Because if you leave anything to itself, it doesn't improve. You've got to do some things. So everybody wants a better marriage, but nobody has a plan how to get one. Nobody is willing to accumulate resources. How many books have you read on about being a, a, a good wife? How many books have you read, dude, about being a good husband? How many messages you heard on uh, uh, being a father, being a mother? See, we just wing it. We just wing it. And then we put on dumb shows like The View or The Real, depending on what side of the tracks you live on. You know how it is. And we listen to their ideas or Jada Smith at the red table getting relationship advice. From the red table. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm in your house now, ain't I? Amen. So the third thing we got to do is we got to educate ourselves. And number one place we've got to educate is in God's word. It's amazing to me as Christians, we say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but don't know a thing about his word. Don't know a thing about his word. Don't, don't live by his word. We make our decisions on our own and, 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 and we wonder why we have these challenges. Okay, look at Proverbs chapter two, one through six. Am I helping anybody today? I'm almost done. Charles, if you could come help me. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you so that you incline your ear to wisdom 
and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek understanding as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and you will find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Do you know what that scripture says? It's up to you to get it from God. That means this. It, we shouldn't have to make you go to church. There shouldn't be this thing of like, ah, it's church this week. or It's cold out, babe. We're going to stay in. or no, We'll watch it online. Nah, man. You either want this or you don't. You either want this or you don't. There gotta be something in your life that says we don't miss. We 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 doing all we can. Now obviously you go on trips, you go on vacation, you miss here and there. But I'm, talk, I'm talking to some folks that still should we go to church this week? Should we go to it's what we tell your neighbor it's what we do. It's what we do. Tell your other neighbor, that's how we get down. Right? Come on, Montel Jordan. This is how, come on now. It's how we do it. There's no if, there's no are we. It's just what we do. Our kids know Saturday night, they know they're going to church tomorrow morning. They know it. It's not a discussion. I don't have to call them in the room. Hey, everybody, tomorrow morning we're going to church. They know. That's how we do. That's what we do. Is it like that for you? If it's not, how are you going to get understanding? Because understand this scripture here, what it's talking about in Proverbs 2, 1 through 6. What it's talking about is pursuing it, going after it. You got to want this. Especially when your family's at stake. Here's what, here's what it's talking about here. Position yourself to receive. Become a student of God's word, not a critic of God's word. Let me say that again. Become a student of God's word, not a critic of God's word. I'm preaching now for 30 years, and I recognize that in every church service, there's two types of people. Some of you are here to learn, to acquire, to press into God, to gain understanding. Others of you will leave here and you will say things like this. That was a good word. That was a good word. I like that message. And your only position is to judge whether it was good or whether you didn't like it. In every church service I've been to, there's people like that. So there's people that will go home and they'll be challenged and they'll apply it. The critics will simply file it away as something else I've heard. Or they'll weigh it against another message that was similar to it and go, well, I've heard that before, but I like better when so-and-so on TV preached it. So you're going to be a student or a critic. Jesus says be a student. Because being a student is a posture of humility. Amen? The other thing that Proverbs 2 says there is understand where wisdom comes from. 
Understand it comes from God. I know you like to watch The View. I know you like to listen to those things. I know you like CNN or Fox or whatever, you know, uh, person you listen to, your favorite rapper. God, I hope it's not your favorite rapper. Or your favorite R&B singer. And you're, you're modeling your life like the Kardashians and, you know, this or that. Come on, man. Come up out of that stuff. And understand this. Wisdom comes from God. James chapter 1, 5 and 8 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. That means God ain't up there going, oh, you need some wisdom? Here's a little bit of wisdom. No, he's up there with buckets. Oh, you want wisdom? Shh, he's throwing it out. He wants to hand it out because he don't want his children ignorant. He gives liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord if he's double-minded. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And look at Proverbs 16, 16 says this. How much better to get wisdom than gold. I'm going to let that marinate. How much better is it to get God's wisdom than a big paycheck? A good position at work. See, some of you know it, but you don't know it. You think money is going to solve all your problems. A better job, a new promotion. It's not. The problems you're having with your wife, money can't solve that. Money can't solve it. Problems you're having with your kids, getting them a new Xbox ain't going to fix it. Getting them the latest Jordans, that's not going to fix it. Wisdom can fix it. Let's stand on our feet. We can't play games no more. You got some of us in here, you've been playing the religious game. It's just a game to you. And we wonder why our relationships don't work. We wonder why our kids are continuing to make bad decisions. We wonder why we're still carrying the wounds of our, of our past families and past experiences. We've got to pursue God. We've got to learn. We've got to ask God, God, show us the ways of the kingdom. I don't want to live this thing like my parents lived it or their parents lived it. I want, to, I want to live this thing like your word tells me. I want to submit my way to you. And when you do that, that's when the blessings come. That's when the reward comes. But let's not make the mistake of just wanting God's blessing without submitting to his ways. Because that never works. You'll be disappointed bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I pray for every person during this holiday season. I pray, Lord God, that we would trust you with our futures. We would trust you with our children's futures. And Lord, we would give ourselves over to learning your wisdom. God, we give ourselves over to so much useless information. And we neglect your word change that in us, Lord God. 
not just for ourselves, but so our families can be strengthened and can be blessed so that we can teach our kids what a true family looks like, feels like, sounds like. wait a moment in the presence of God right now. Please keep your eyes closed for a moment. Nobody moving around. If you're here today and you've been away from God, you've been outside of the family of God. God brought you here today not to put shame on you, but to lead you back home. There's nothing for you outside of God. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of heartache. There's a lot of temporary fun. God wants you back in his house. If you're here today and you would say, Pastor, I want to get right with God today before I leave. God's not mad at you. He's ready and willing to accept you. If you're here today and you just want to get things right with God, just slip up a hand right where you're at. Yeah, I see that hand. Yeah, I see the hand in the back. I see that hand over there too. I'll wait a little longer. Is there anybody else? Yeah, I see that hand over there. Praise God. Keep your hand up for just a moment longer. raised your hand, remember you can't be weak with this, it can't just be because you feel bad what you're saying in this prayer is God, I'm going to submit my ways to your word which means you're going to have to change some things have to change how you think how you move, how you operate and in exchange for that change which is called repentance in the scriptures, God's going to give you a new life so if you just raised your hand and you meant it I want you to pray this prayer. Let's all pray this prayer with those that raise their hand today. Say, Jesus, I need you. And I haven't been living right. Today, I want that to change. And I want to come back to you wholeheartedly. I repent for doing things my way. Teach me now, Lord, to do things your way. And forgive me for all the areas that I've sinned in Jesus' name. Now keep your eyes closed for a moment longer because what is happening right now with that prayer is God is hurting. And in the spirit, if you could see everything that you ever did wrong, every mistake, every bad choice that you ever made, God is erasing. And he's taking away the charges that say that you deserve to be punished, that you deserve hell. No, he's taken that away. And instead, the Bible says he makes you white as snow, innocent before God and man. And as of this moment, he brings you back into the family of God. And everybody said, y'all feel that this morning? Amen. Give God a good praise clap. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.